Welcome to another episode of On the Line. This is Holly Scott with my partner. Dave Branker. Dave is a part of the Mullings Group and an integral part of executive placements with us and, and does a lot of work at the C-level. So thrilled to have you here to chat a little bit about the topic. Um, today we're going to get a little uh, detailed on transformation for that first-time CEO and some perhaps insight and observations we've made over the years that may help uh, an individual who may be finding themselves in that first-time CEO sure. spot or considering it, right? Yep. So, um, Dave, you know, we go way back prior yep. to finally us getting our, our hooks in you to come over to the dark exactly. side on search. Yep. Um, anything stand out when you think about first-time CEO experiences that you may have seen over the years, either uh, from your HR time or from when you were running companies as a, as a GM? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting um, dilemma, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, people that end up CEOs – probably have been thinking about that their whole career, mm-hmm. right? That's that's their goal. You know, and what, what I've found, um, both in my corporate career and then, you know, from the looking outside in at other, other companies is um, folks get thrust into roles that they're not ready for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're successful commercially, right? So they're good salespeople, mm-hmm. um, or they're a technologist, right? They're they're uh, chief technology officer, and now they're going to be thrown into a CEO spot. And it doesn't really one thing alone doesn't prepare you, or one strength mm-hmm. alone doesn't necessarily prepare you to be a good CEO. Because depending upon the makeup of the company, if it's public, if it's private, mm-hmm. um, startup, big company, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people you're answering to as a CEO. Sure. And it's not just driving sales. Right, right. You're right in the middle of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know a lot of your uh, exposure earlier coming here was more commercially facing. Right. Of course, coming to our organization, most of the first-time CEOs we work with are either founders. We do a lot of work with startup yeah. companies, and, and they're founding CEOs. Yeah. And they be, may be in it because it's their baby, and yeah. they're bringing it along. Or we may bring in the person who's promoted into that role um, and and what I've seen which is is interesting is if you're promoted into that role there's either a dynamic of okay you've shown the aptitude you're ready to do it or perhaps you're the last person at the dance right <laughs> that's exactly you, right you know so it, it, yeah. you've got to go either way um, for our purposes I thought it might be interesting just based on our business and yeah. how, how how deep we are in it to, to discuss a little bit more about that first time CEO who is either a founder or in an early stage organization because so often I don't think that they get as much coaching from the outside as someone who might be more commercially facing right because there's so many successors and there's so much more going on in a dynamic organization that has the either resources to train or to coach uh, where some of our our young CEOs are 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 getting real passionate about their product and and where they're headed but here they are, and once they decide that they want to be a viable company or they feel like they have that viability, where do you go from there? Yeah, you know, yeah, what, what, yeah. what are some of the things that... Uh, I think the founder thing, mm-hmm. you know, you, you talked about early is, is a big one, mm-hmm. right? Because I think it's, it's in the uh, maturity of a company, you know, from a, from a founder to now where you really need a business leader, mm-hmm. 
it's always a hard sort of time, right? The, the founder needs to come to grips with the fact that I did a great job founding this company. I brought it to a certain level, but really it's better off now to do a handoff, right? To a uh, somebody who's been there, done that, um, mm-hmm. maybe more of a commercial side versus a technology thing again. Right. Um, you know, there's situations, you know, I, I've seen even recently, you mm-hmm. know, with, with companies where, mm-hmm. you know, a founder, you know, just can't bring themselves to make that separation. And, and I think it really, really hurts the company at times. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's it's almost they're, they're, they're too dug, built in, right? They're, yeah. too, they're too emotionally bought into the organization and they have... Um, really created their own identity as yeah. the company and, and, and instead of being able to look at the bigger picture, what is in the best interest of the organization and their success, yeah. being able to, to actually step back. It's, it's interesting too, because um, you know, Joe and I met with uh, an icon in the industry mm-hmm. um, the other day. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things he brought up, you know, you know, he built a billion and a half dollar medical device company. Mm-hmm was um, he was a founder and it was when he knew it was time mm-hmm. to have commercial people come into the organization and take over the things that weren't necessarily his best um, attributes, mm-hmm. right? That he really thought that it was time to bring in professionals who knew that business better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked, right? And it worked, it built it to a, to a, to a billion and a half dollars mm-hmm. in, in sales. So right, um, right. I can tell you from my own experience, mm-hmm. right? So I was a HR person, got thrown in literally overnight into a, um, a GM role. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no way I was prepared for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I knew the team, right? you know, um, and I had really great people who made really great decisions, but that's a really hard job. You know, there's, mm-hmm. you don't, that's where the buck stops. Right, right. And it's it's a really really hard job. Mm-hmm. So so what do you do? So so to the CEO who is let's say thrown in, perhaps yeah. they they are they're the founder, and and now we're coming in. We've got a new CEO who's who's uh, stepping in for the first time. The founder founder's coming aside, but has the commercial experience, but has never led at the C level. Has really only had one functional area, perhaps sales and marketing, or right. perhaps. What would be any thoughts on what you would share, given your experience, that might be important? Share to the person who's going to ascend to the role. Yeah. What would be some any insider advice? Yeah, I mean, I would I would tell them to go talk to other CEOs. But, you know, go <laughs> exactly. Go right? get some real good knowledge on yes. what they did to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the warning signs that mm-hmm. he needs, he or she needs to be aware of? Mm-hmm. Um, in taking on a role like this, if there's a, a board of directors, um, really, I would I would make sure that the objectives for the business are crisp and clear. Mm-hmm. You completely understand what the board wants, and and you know, and I think it's you really have to go in with your eyes open and. and mm-hmm. Really, again, I think the biggest thing, just go talk to some people. Oh, yeah. No, I just wholeheartedly agree. get some really agree. good advice. Yeah, I've seen people who have, who have been thrown into that role with limited information, and they're finding yeah. out as they go along. Yeah. And there's two, th- two big issues, blind spots, that they're playing catch-up on. Not only are they figuring out 
what the expectations are. They're figuring out how to get their their own buy-in. They can't. You can't convince a team and build a culture right. if you aren't bought in first and <clears throat> foremost, right? And, oh, yeah. and and buying in at the C level is different. You could have been the VP of Sales and Marketing for years, but stepping in to that role and understanding all the dynamics, what's on the table, that your position is a privilege. It is not. Yeah. A, it is temporary, and you have a, a role. You have a, yeah. a, a charter and a, and a focus. So those pieces and, and running and playing catch up there. You're right. You better listen. You better audit your your board, your team, build that trust, that transparency, so that yeah. you know what you can do and get there up, get there as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, and I think, I think the the board of directors and the chairmans of the board when when they're looking for a new CEO or president really, really, really needs to be careful and mm-hmm. really understand what they want and what they're getting mm-hmm. um, and what um, what support they're going to need, mm-hmm. right? Um, and understand the trade-offs, right? Because if they say, well, you know, we're, we're handing off a, a founder now who really wants him with commercial experience, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, but again, commercial experience doesn't necessarily transcend over and, and mean that you're going to be a, a great CEO. So mm-hmm. I think it's really incumbent on the on whoever's leading the search for these these um, positions to really make sure that you know what you want, you know what you're getting, mm-hmm. and what's going to work in, in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, even in you know uh, some of the other companies I've worked in, I've, I've watched really good people who are doing a great job in the job they're in thrown into a stretch Mm -hmm. what they would call oh it's a stretch Mm -hmm. right and if you're not ready for a stretch stretches are great right a stretch opportunity is great but if you're not ready for it you're not prepared for it Mm -hmm. then you're going to fail and and i've seen so many people get thrown into those um who you know with a little bit of education and development Mm -hmm. and i don't mean a bachelor's or an mba just sure sure just more on on what it takes to run a business Mm -hmm would be a lot more successful than just assuming because somebody's got talent, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're going to be a great divisional president or, or CEO or whatever. Right, right, exactly. No, there's there's got to be that that robust skill set that isn't always there. Yeah. And it has to be developed, and you either get it through the hard work and get it through the experience, or you get it through coaching around you and learning from those who have been there before you and so yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. So if you're thinking about some of the um, perhaps not so successful CEOs, perhaps, and, and I know I've I've I've, I've thought I, we've unfortunately being focused in startups, seen a number of them. Yeah. Any lessons that you would pass along, or anything that you've seen firsthand that you would say, "Gosh, if they had done this differently, or if, if they had thought this differently, maybe it would have changed changed the game or success of the organization." Yeah, I mean, I think failure always is a great lesson, mm. right? And so, mm-hmm. the, you know, the smart CEO uh, president is going to really try to understand what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, again, if if there's a board of directors, sit with the board, try and get, you know, where did I go wrong? What, mm-hmm. you know, what what could I have done better? Um, so I, I think that that that's it. Sit mm-hmm. back, understand what you did right, and sit back and really reflect on: mm-hmm. Is that what you want to do next? Right. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I'm not a CEO. Maybe I'm a mm-hmm. 
chief operating officer. Maybe I'm, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. Do you really need to be the number one, or is it okay being number two or three? Right. Exactly. Inspect why. Why that right. that role is important to you, right? If it comes yeah. back to to an exclusively I situation or, or something that's a, it doesn't really mean it's not in the best interest of the organization and their success, right. we may not be looking at the right the yeah. right function. And I've know? seen it, and I'm, and I'm sure you've seen it, where titles sometimes kill people, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Kills their careers because um, they've been given this great title mm-hmm. and now they just won't look at anything else except a CEO's job, right, or a president's right. job, um, instead of again dropping back and mm-hmm. you know getting a job where they can really be right. successful. Exactly, exactly. Now, and we've seen that. Yeah, I, I think if I were to reflect on the two most common features that I have seen where organizations have have suffered based yeah. on based on uh, CEO leadership is. Is is one the the CEO's um, lack of intention around culture? It's either misdirected where their work ethic may be extremely high, but their reaction to um, headwinds is is caustic, right? Yeah. Or they uh, are unapproachable, yeah. or they they don't deal well in ambiguity, or there's certain situations where if their team can't come to them with the hard news. It can be. It, it can really kill an organization. Yeah. So, I if there if there's any advice I would I would give a first time CEO, I would I would put culture as as a high 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 priority. You're you're so right. Mm-hmm. I mean, culture and lack of understanding of the culture. Actually, it's what is the culture today? What do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. do you have the right person to take it there? Because right. you know, I've seen different different. Uh, leaders go in and think they well I, I really need to be tough mm-hmm. right or I really mm-hmm. need to drive uh, pay attention to budget and finances mm-hmm. I, you know and I think it's that's it, it, you're so spot on it's just you know the not screwing up the culture right not right. not because um, right. you need people you need great people to follow you yes. and, and you want them to work for you and um, you know, really, you know, whatever, work long hours, whatever it is. But, exactly. but um, again, yeah, it's what is the culture? What do you want it to be? And are you capable of making that happen? Oh, yeah. And how many times have we spoken with a, an individual who says, this is the organism, this is the culture where we want, we want to be. Yeah. Yet, if you really dig in and once you start perhaps a search, let's say it's a search for a VP or even a, a C-level, peer-level individual, you find that the person who's who's preaching that doesn't walk that walk. Right. And if it's not consistent, you don't truly have that, you don't have that culture. And yeah. it's quickly identified in process. Oh, yeah. If you have a, a CEO who preaches, gee, I, I, I want to have candor and transparency with my team, that's what we're doing, yet the there's intimidation among the leadership team to deliver bad news, it falls apart. It falls apart. It's. That's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> but it's, 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 you know, it, but it's so real. Yes. And, and I've told people all the time that either I've reported to is just be honest about what, who you are mm-hmm. and what you want the culture to be, because everybody wants to put up these great mission statements that say, we believe in our people and we want to develop our people. Right. And, and if you have a CEO in there or a president that could care less about any of that stuff, 
you're better off being honest about it. Sure. You know, that, well, hey, we're listen, on a mission. This, this is what is, we're looking to do. This is not a company where we're going to have right. free pizza on Friday, right? right? This right. is, you know, I expect people to work hard. And if you can't give me a lot of hours, then that, yeah. whatever it is, just yeah. be honest with, with the culture. Because employees figure it out really, really quick. Sure, they're living it. They're right? living it every day. And there's recruiters, you know, internal recruiters who are selling the dream. Yes. And then employees get in there and it's like it's nothing like mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be exactly yeah no that's that's a big piece I think the other piece that if I looked back and thought gee what what was something that I could point to that uh, was a real challenge for a first-time CEO is when they come to us and they're sharing that they have searches and and here's what we've got my founding CEO young company um, building an R&D team and we're building it to sell it, okay? Here, we're going to be acquired. We're, that's our road. Right. So they're positioning themselves for acquisition instead of positioning to be a successful company. Yeah. And if I point back to everyone who had those conversations with us, I guarantee a high percentage of them were never successful, right. at least didn't transact yeah. as successfully as they may have. The ones who build it out with the idea of really going for the gold in the market that they're looking to do and dominate and know, live, breathe their mission statement, their value to the market. Those are the ones where the strategics really care. And it's also in that same vein, the conversations where the CEOs or the principals are saying, yeah, there's a lot of attention from Medtronic and J&J and yeah. Boston Sci. Guys, that's their job. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're yeah. going around, they're, they're giving that story to everyone. They're yeah. looking at everyone, they you know? Are. So to assume that you have um, significant value or are attractive from a large strategic too early based on the fact that they're showing interest is is going to dismantle your opportunity it it is it really does um take you to a a different place from a market opportunity perspective and and most of the organizations i've seen that start that way don't end well it's so true holly honestly it's i've I've seen it as well where Mm -hmm. you hit it right in the head where instead of playing long ball Mm -hmm. right it's this short-sighted, we mm-hmm. want to get this to here and this to here, mm-hmm. and then our exit strategy is to to sell, to right. be acquired. Right. It is. It's the companies that are, are saying, you know what, if that if that happens, great, mm-hmm. but we can't think about that. We have a business to build here. Right, and right. Put out a great product and mm-hmm. get it in the hands of our customers, mm-hmm. um, and the rest of it will, will take care of itself. Exactly. And, and it's not to say we know, look, most medtech ac- uh, successes are qu- acquisitions. It's yeah. it's the way it is. We're sure. not taking away Absolutely. from that, and we're not suggesting put your head in the sand. However, if you go in it with your end game, riding the coattails of someone who's going to come in and, and acquire you, you're in a position of, of, of really defense instead yeah. of being reactionary in that. So, um, so at first-time CEOs, you know, uh, listen 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 yeah. right to those yeah. around you um put the the organization before your own individual goals and needs yeah. because if you want to be a success it's going to have to be the wake of success will have to follow based on the organization you build um, make sure that you take into account what those who you value and who have had success before you are saying yeah. um I know that one other piece is know that it's a 24-7 role, it right? Is. Know what you're buying in, yep. buying in on what you're jumping into. Yep. That can be a killer. Yeah. That can be yeah. a real killer. Um, and go in and know and know what you're going after. Focus on it and, uh, 
and hope to have some success there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the one interesting thing we think we both forgot is the importance of surrounding that person with the very best talent. Oh, gosh, right? yes, absolutely. Because uh, if, if you go mm-hmm. in you inherit a team, you better mm-hmm. figure out really, really quick where mm-hmm. the strength is and where you need the bolster. Yes, yes. And bring some people in that are going to make your job easier. That's right, and build that trust with them. Yeah. Okay, if you're walking into a current team, if you don't have that established trust already, that would be my number one Absolutely. suggestion. Find out what you got, who you've got, assess who you've got, what level of trust, what level of commitment they have to the vision, yeah, and and work with it and build around it if you have to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate the no, time here today. No, this has been great. This, this has been fun. fun. Yeah. I think we got a few ideas for the next one, so yes. this is great. That's great. All right. So this is uh, Holly Scott and Dave Ranker. This is on the line. Thanks for joining us today.